You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Today's episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including our Commodore class. That's Commodore's Obvious, Blood Groove, Torso and Pinches, Ironside, M.D., Jacob, Griffin, Scuttlebutt, Matt, Roger the Jolly, Hartman, Gingrich, Lisa, Clan Roland, Big Beard, Willie P., Schmarls, Buggy the Clown, Leslie the Spice Chonger, The Admiral Binbo, Misfit, Madame Anita, Chairboat, Cannon Monkey, Axios, Gunsway Sally, Pitlock, Artemis Killmeister, The Sextant, Jack of the South Seas, Lost Again, The Navigator, Governor Roop, Gin-Soaked Jim, Workman, Rum Runner, Skipper, Sawbones, Scarlet Dawn, Hayfay, Bull, Vertigon, Rumgut, and Bootstraps Bailey. Hello. Welcome to the Pirate History Podcast. My name is Matt. Thank you for listening. I'm a... I'm a book guy. You know, a bibliophile, and I don't think that's a secret. It's a... a hobby, of sorts. Kind of a problem hobby at times. And, you know, sometimes, some of you fine folks will show me some of your amazing collections of old and rare editions of pirate histories. It's great. And you know, I have a ton of pirate books, but I don't have anything that cool. My pirate books, for the most part, are all work stuff. Take A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates by Captain Charles Johnson. I've got two copies of that. Well, four copies. I've got a digital edition, an audiobook, and two physical copies. First, I have a newish edition of the hardcover. That's for sitting on the bookshelf. But then I've got a cheap, well-thumbed, highlighter-filled paperback. That's the work copy. It's filled with notes in the margins and post-its, marking passages that I want to keep an eye on. Which, you know, it's kind of weird. I haven't used a general history that much. It's a great book, make no mistake. But it's not exactly historically accurate all the time. It's a grain-of-salt kind of book. Which isn't to say it's fiction, it's not. Take Captain Kidd. Captain Kidd's story was well documented in his lifetime, so a general history of the pirates is pretty good. For example, it says, concerning what we talked about last time, 
The coast of India was alarmed, and a Portuguese man-o'-war was sent out to cruise. Kidd met with her and fought her about six hours, gallantly enough, but finding her too strong to be taken, he quitted her. End quote. Now that's not exactly right, but you know, he's got the spirit. Captain Kidd didn't actually fight the man-o'-war, but she was too strong to be taken, and when faced with that fight, Kidd did indeed run away. That same paragraph in a general history goes on to say, quote, Then he went to a place called Porca, where he watered the ship and bought a number of hogs of the natives to victual his company. End quote. Now that is accurate, mostly, but there's a severe lack of detail there. What actually happened after Kidd quitted the Portuguese man-of-war was much darker. This is episode 262, Retellings. The most widely accepted view of what happened at the island that Captain Johnson calls Porca is best summed up, in my opinion, by Jan Rogozinski in his book Honor Among Thieves. Rogozinski writes, quote, Kidd turned away from the coast and stopped at the Maldive Islands, southwest of India, to careen and repair the galley. The crew forced the islanders to work for free, used their boats for firewood, and raped several women. When one crewman went ashore alone, the natives surrounded him and slit his throat. To avenge his murder, Kidd burned the islanders' houses and had several killed. End quote. And you know, that's pretty much the story that we're going to talk about today. That's it right there, so I guess, you know, bye. But of course that's not the whole story, it's much more complicated than that. Now we shouldn't give Captain Johnson too much grief for his entry on Captain Kidd. In that passage I read, he was basically just relaying what the men of the Adventure Galley would say some years later at a trial. He was doing it almost verbatim, in fact. And it's not like there were standards of proof or fact-checking. There weren't peer reviews in 1724, when a general history was written. That's the account that one of the crewmen who was there gave under oath, so that's what Captain Johnson tells us. But when we begin to dig a little bit deeper into the evidence, some holes begin to get poked into that story. Here's what we can say with some certainty. After Captain Kidd had his encounter with the Portuguese man-o'-war after running away from that encounter, he landed the adventure galley at an island off the Malabar coast. That's the southwest of India. Now, I can't actually find a Porca Island off the coast of India. There is a Porca Island off the coast of Mozambique, not far from Madagascar, not far from St. Mary's Island. And if we were to listen to Captain Kidd here... That's where he went, St. Mary's and then apparently this Porca Island. But nobody believes him. Nobody at the time believes him, and nobody now does so. Mostly because for him to have done so, well, he would have had to wait about six months for the wind to blow in the opposite direction. Or to sail south, and then sail west, and then north past Madagascar, and then to sail back east toward India all in about two weeks' time. 
that didn't happen. Captain Kidd, when he tells that version of the story, was lying under oath. And we can be pretty sure that he was lying because none of his crewmen testifying in that same trial agreed with him on that point. The surgeon on board the adventure galley, a Dr. Robert Bradenham, well, he says that the ship stopped at one of the, quote, Malabar Islands. Now, that may have been the Maldives, or maybe the nearby Lacadives, or any of a half a dozen other small island groups in that region of the Indian Ocean. What we can say, for almost for certain, is that they had fresh water and hogs. Now, that's a little weird. Most of those islands in that region of the Indian Ocean had been Muslim for at least a couple of centuries by that point. It's possible that the particular island, or even the particular village that Kidd visited, was never converted. Or, you know, sometimes those kind of religious laws tend to fall through the cracks when you get to smaller, isolated communities. But once you move past those pretty basic points, island off the southwest coast of India, water, hogs... The story tends to get muddled. It varies widely from telling to telling. Now, in some of those tellings, often by, say, the English East India Company, the pirates from the Adventure Galley, when they made landfall, engaged in a week-long bacchanal of drunkenness and pillage and rape. These versions of the story tell us about all of the worst excesses that we might imagine being done by the pirates. Torture for the elderly, forced labor for the men, and, of course, gang rape for the women and the girls, followed usually by murder for all of them. Is that version of the story, the monstrous version, is that possible? Well, yeah, absolutely it's possible. You know, we need to remember that Captain Kidd was in serious danger here in the autumn of 1697 of losing his crew. Not only his crew, but if things went bad, his ship, and if they went really bad, he was in danger of losing his life. Captain Kidd knew that the crew needed to blow off some steam. And, well, we know what that means. Groups of men with guns in foreign countries, surrounded by people of a different race who don't have any guns, well, atrocities have been known to happen. And Captain Kidd certainly wasn't going to stop them. You know, it's not like these islanders could do anything about it. Nor did Captain Kidd think that there would be any consequences for those actions. But if he believed that, well, he would have been wrong. So it's absolutely possible that that's what happened. But it doesn't mean that that's what did happen. At least, maybe not like that. And here I'm going to rely on and deflect the blame toward Richard Zacks. You know, he's usually pretty sympathetic toward Captain Kidd. Zacks writes in The Pirate Hunter, quote, Kidd's atrocities seemed to multiply by the number of retellings. Truth becomes more elusive as he becomes the catch-all pirate boogeyman. Based on later testimony from men unsympathetic to Kidd, it's clear that Kidd's actions were not as sinister as company reports painted him. 
Kidd, unwelcome on the Indian coast thanks to the company, sent his men ashore to get water on some strange island inhabited by dark-skinned people speaking an incomprehensible language. The sailors took the pinnace full of empty barrels to fill them up. The cooper, or barrel-maker, was a key member of the mission, repairing, plugging, etc. The natives helped with the watering. He goes on, At some point an argument broke out, possibly over a woman. Remember, the men have not had shore leave for half a year, and a local man slit the throat of Kids Cooper, killing him. End quote. That the Cooper was killed is not under dispute here. That happened, his throat got slit. But the why here, why his throat was cut, that's an important question. Richard Zacks seems to be trying to paint a more sympathetic picture of what happened. But his version still doesn't strike me as particularly sympathetic when you look at it with an even mildly critical eye. And I have some questions about the decisions that Zacks made here. First of all, why would you point out that the islanders were dark-skinned and speaking an unfamiliar tongue? What's the point of that? You know, does it somehow make it okay to sail up to someone's home and start terrorizing the inhabitants? No. And I don't think that's what Zax is trying to do here. Maybe he's trying to say, you know, these were deeply racist times and these were people of a different skin tone, but, you know, he doesn't say that. So it's an odd inclusion. And then he goes on to tell us that the, quote, natives helped with the watering. And again, that's not in doubt. The natives were doing the work here, but the question is, were they doing so willingly? Were they paid for their labor, or did Captain Kidd's men march in with a bunch of guns and tell them to get to work? Because, you know, forced labor at the point of a musket isn't exactly helping. So it's possible that's what the argument was about between the Cooper and that one islander. But I think it's more likely that the argument was about what these adventure galley men got up to while the islanders filled their water barrels. Zax says that it was maybe over a woman, and then he oh-so-helpfully reminds us that the men had been at sea for a whole six months. And again, I'm forced to wonder why. Does it exonerate them of their actions? No. But again, maybe it can help us contextualize why what happened happened. But even... You know, he says it's over a woman, but what does that mean? It's not like they're at a bar somewhere and some slamming hottie is flirting with two men who decide to duke it out in the parking lot. No, these men showed up on a remote island in the Indian Ocean, and in an afternoon, in like a couple of hours, there's an argument over a woman. Maybe, maybe, one of the local island girls decided that, oh, look at these dashing Englishmen, I'm going to run off with one of them, and... You know, her father said no, and he cut the guy's throat, but that's a really big maybe. That argument, if indeed it was about a woman, was almost certainly about rape. You know, in those cultures where the women freely have sex with whomever they please, and we've visited several of them here on the show, Francis Drake's men, when they arrived in Brazil, were greeted with, Scores of women swimming out into the harbor, 
who then granted their favors upon them. We've seen them in places like Madagascar. It was a thing. But in those cultures, you rarely see these kinds of arguments arise. When you do, it's almost always between the men who are visiting the island, not the locals and the visitors. The locals know the score, but the men tend to feel a sense of ownership or propriety over the women who have chosen to sleep with them. But when a crew of Englishmen show up and decide to dishonor some of the local women, well, that tends to raise tensions. I think that it's very likely that the cooper, the barrel maker on board the adventure galley, either did rape or attempted to rape somebody on that island and got his throat cut for it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. Today could be the day a famous mobster met their end or the first milestone for humans in space. Who knows what history today holds? Find out when you listen and subscribe to This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. Now, that's not the bacchanal of rape and pillage that the company would paint. And maybe that's what Zax is trying to say. You know, that the company's version of what happened was not accurate. But what is about to happen gets pretty horrifying. The watering team, short one Cooper, rode back to the adventure galley and told Captain Kidd what had just happened. Their Cooper had been killed. And if we were to play that same game of trying to contextualize what was going through the men's mind, I think it's important to remember that the Cooper was an important member of the crew. Without a good barrel maker on board, their barrels were likely to start leaking. The water would begin to turn sour and they would be without anything to drink on board. Because of what had just happened, the crew realized that their life was in danger now. That's not an excuse, but it is a contextualization. And as for race, in a similar spirit, it was the 17th century. When this woman had been raped, hypothetically, you know, to the men on board, she was just some savage, insert horrifically racist idiom here. For the men on board, you know, who cares if some good, clean, God-fearing Englishman had his way with her? And you know, those viewpoints clearly aren't an excuse, but it does begin to help us understand the kind of thought processes that probably went through their heads the kind of thought processes that led to the massacre that is to follow. But it's clear here, and I want to make specific note of this, Captain Kidd led his men in the massacre that is to come. 
This was not a group of enraged men, their blood running hot, going rogue. This was an organized expedition led by Captain William Kidd. Dr. Bradenham, again, would tell the court, quote, We went to one of the Malabar Islands for wood and water, and Captain Kidd went ashore and several of his men, and plundered several boats, and burnt several houses, and ordered one of the natives to be tied to a tree, and one of his men to shoot him. The man questioning, Dr. Bradenham, a Mr. Conyers, said, quote, Pray go on. What was the reason of his shooting this Indian? And the doctor replied, One of his men, that was his cooper, had been ashore, and some of the natives had cut this man's throat, and that was the reason he ordered his men to serve this man so. If that was the whole story, what Bradenham tells us there, if that was it, it might not be so bad. And to be fair, that's the only word we have from someone who was actually there. But that's only half true. See, the people of the island, once Kidd and his men had finally left, they sent a messenger to India where they complained to the representatives of the East India Company. And it's worth noting here that the islanders were fully aware of the presence of the company in the region, and they knew the English well enough to tell that their assailants... Captain Kidd's men, were English, so they weren't that isolated here. But it seems that they believed Captain Kidd had been a member of the company. Their complaint appears to have been all, you know, one of your guys did this. But even that's excusable. That's an assumption that's made about Englishmen in the region by everybody who wasn't English, the Portuguese, the Mughals, everyone. But the company representatives explained the distinction, that he was a pirate, and they took their allegations seriously. They promised to deal with Captain Kidd and even sent some supplies back to help out those people who had been attacked. However, we don't have those allegations, those made by the people of that Malabar Island. At least, I don't. I can't find a copy of it. What we do have are the versions of what the company says Captain Kidd did. That's where we get the mass murder, the gang rape, the widespread burning. But here's what I find curious, and a bit difficult. That allegation, all of those horrific things, none of that is mentioned in any of the indictments against Captain Kidd. Throughout his entire trial, the only real mention we get of it is that little exchange I just read to you. There's a couple of other smaller mentions, but no additional information is given. And we're talking about accusations made by the state. Their indictments call Captain Kidd an arch-pirate. They call him the enemy of all mankind. And they tack on a ton of lesser crimes that Kidd did. But not this one. Now, some of those lesser crimes, for example, kidnapping a Portuguese translator, you'll notice that that involved a European. It's entirely possible, even likely here, that these crimes against these indigenous island people in the Indian Ocean, well, it was just beneath the notice of the knights and the nobles that led the trial against Captain Kidd. That's the kind of thing that happened, but in this case, I don't think that's what was happening. I think it's possible that the Crown prosecutors just didn't give much credence to what the company was alleging about Captain Kidd, here on this Malabar Island. 
They had, you know, a ton of allegations to make against Captain Kidd, and they were really piling it on. But they didn't include this. Rape, murder, burning, torture. I think that the Crown prosecutors probably saw the company's accusations as theater. And I don't, you know, I don't normally like to side with royal authorities, but I think they were probably right here. And I don't necessarily agree with some of the decisions that Richard Zacks made in his defense, but I think on a certain level he was probably right too. We know that the Cooper was killed, but we don't know why. We can surmise that some crime on the part of the Cooper led to his death. Rape seems the most likely, but theft or a refusal to pay promised wages are possibilities too. And when his killing came to light... Captain Kidd did lead a party ashore where they burned some of the houses, tied the Cooper's killer to a tree, and shot him. That's agreed upon, but what else may or may not have happened? Well, that's up for debate, like everything with Captain Kidd. Did William Kidd let his men off the leash? Did he give them license to rape and loot and plunder and burn and kill? Maybe. Maybe he did. It's not impossible to believe that that happened. At the very least, we could guess that they probably took much of the food that belonged to the inhabitants and raped some of the women. That kind of thing happened all the time. But that question, between the version told by the company and the version alleged by the Crown and the version told by the men who were actually there, well, that raises a disturbing question to me. In The Pirate Hunter, Richard Zacks asks this question. He says, quote, Was this, everything Captain Kidd and his men did, was this harsher than when Captain Leonard Edgecombe plucked men, women, and children off Johanna Island to discourage the local people from welcoming pirates? End quote. Now, two things. First, yes, it was. Second, it's not really a great argument, is it? to ask whether or not kids' activities were worse than that of the East India Company. The East India Company were the bad guys. And sure, at the time, they were respected, and that does have significant bearing on what was going to happen to Captain Kidd. In that respect, that's a question worth asking. Why was Kidd singled out if his actions weren't that much worse? But for us... The East India Company are the bad guys. You know, pirates are bad guys too. But if you want to talk about mass murder, mass rape, slavery, pirates are amateurs compared to the company. But I guess that's what I find so disturbing. I think it's likely that the reason that the court didn't include this entire episode in the indictment against Captain Kidd was not because it didn't happen. Probably not. I think it's likely that it's because what Captain Kidd did wasn't really that much worse than what good, upstanding members of the English-speaking world were doing every day. Exploitation, enslavement, rape, torture, murder. And because of who the victims were, specifically because of the color of their skin and their lack of an alliance with England, this just wasn't seen as a crime. More to the point... The Crown prosecutors had much bigger crimes to punish all of these pirates for. 
In the days to come, these sailors are going to steal some very, very rich prizes from some very rich men. And that, that's truly horrific. But then, for Captain Kidd especially, here, the court had another crime that they were much more focused on. Beyond all of the piracy that is to come, beyond the affronts to England's allies, and all of the violence done to unnamed peoples across the region, the Crown had a murder to pin on Captain Kidd. And next time, we're going to discuss that murder. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd like to thank everybody who has helped to support the show. All of our patrons on Patreon, everybody who has left us ratings or reviews, and everybody who has recommended this show. You all make it possible. Thank you. The Pirate History Podcast is a member of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out some of their other fine shows, like Ben Franklin's World, you can do so at airwavemedia.com. Our theme music was, as always, The Old Captain by the fantastic band Brillig. You can find them at brillig.com.au. That's B-R-I-L-L-I-G dot com dot A-U. After you're done over there, why not check out our website at piratehistorypodcast.com. As always, most importantly, thank you for listening. Tonight.